Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG, the show where Matt Tabak rearranges things on the table. Uh, this week's show, we are concentrating on the pre-release experience. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, so we're going to go through basically what to expect at a pre-release, especially if it's your first pre-release or uh, you've never been to a Magic event at all before. We're going to let you know exactly what to expect and what to do when you get there. Yeah, and we've got two special guests to help you out. We, of course, you know, coaster shuffler extraordinaire no, in, Matt Introduce Tabak. Gavin first. I can't even handle this. <laughs> this is wrong. And, of course, we have Gavin Verhey. I liked your Grrrbarg order, but it uh, didn't quite hang with me. Hey, everyone, right, how's it going? Good okay. to be back on the show. Really glad to have you guys here. So, uh... Pre-release. Pre-release Pre is a thing that's happening this week, this, this Friday, this, this Saturday. This weekend. This yes. weekend. So Saturday, they, Sunday. they can start, uh, local stores can start them starting at midnight. Uh, but I would suggest if you haven't signed up for a pre-release, call your store, do it now. Then come back and watch oh. us talk about pre-release. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. How long is the phone call these days? I don't know. Yeah, shout out to all, all of our podcast <laughs> listeners, by the way, for that for, for that you, it might be too period late. of si silence. Uh, well, yeah. and especially this time around, pre-registering is more important than ever because you get to choose your, at a lot of stores, yep. they'll have you choose your guild when you pre-register, and yep. you want to make sure you get the guild So I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Of course, if, if of course. Talking, wait, wait, what's talking, a guild? What's, a what's going on? Let's start with what a pre-release is. <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why don't you guys tell us what a pre-release is, what that experience is like? All right, so every time there's a, a big booster release, uh, we have what's called a pre-release. So you, generally, it's the week before boosters go on sale. Okay. However, that may be different this time around. There's a big event uh, at your local game store where you can play this set in front of its release, hence pre-release. So it's generally sealed deck play. Uh, you go and you get some number of boosters. You play in an event. There's prizes. It's a chance for everyone to get out and see the new cards. It's kind of like you know Magic's opening day. It's the, everyone's first opportunity to see the cool new set mm -hmm. in action. Uh, of course, we have you know previews before that, but this is our first time to get your hands on these cards and actually battle with them. So, and can anybody sign up for this? Oh man, I hope so because uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we generally prefer if you are uh, above the age of like three. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, no, anyone's invited. This is totally open. Uh, go down to your local game store and uh, register. And and what do you get? for registering for pre-release. Right, absolutely. So the big thing you're going to get is you're going to get a pre-release pack. And mm -hmm. it looks a little something like this. One might say Ooh. it looks exactly like Super that. Super weird. You just well, happen to have one of those in the yeah, table. I know. That's awesome. It'll look like one of five of these very similar looking things. Because mm -hmm. on, on Ravnica, you get to pick a guild. And right. the way that the guilds work is there are all these two color combinations. Um, there's five of them in the first set, Guilds of Ravnica. And you will pick one and get a special pre-release pack based on that. Right here, I've got the Selesnya one, which is the green and white. And so if I just take a moment to open it up and kind of show off the cool <laughs> stuff Thanks, you get Matt. inside. I'm help our viewers here. <laughs> and so what, what's inside there, guys? Yeah, let's see what's inside. We've got a dice, a green and white lovely dice for your Selesnya fans. It's got the little Selesnya symbol on where the 20 is. Is mm -hmm. that a Good spin fun. down life counter? It is a spin down it life counter. It looks like a 20-sided die, but do not be fooled, folks. That is actually a spin down life counter. I'll keep track of your life total. Great. Absolutely. And then the big stuff is, of course, we've got five Guilds of Ravnica booster packs. And those are just normal booster packs, right? Normal booster packs. You can open these up, and they'll be just like any packs you get out of a box or this. buy in a store. I got this. Five booster packs? Gavin, I can't build a sealed deck from five booster packs. <laughs> well, Matt, have I got the thing for you. Check out the seeded pack. This is what we call an R&D seeded pack. You get a special promo foil rare on the front. This date stamped with the day. We got Dawn of Hope, everybody. 
Good work, team. I hope you like gaining life. And then inside are a bunch of cards that will go right into your Selesnya, in this case, deck. So if you pick Demir, you're going to get something very different. But right here, you get a bunch of green and white cards, as well as a gate, a locket, things to help you out when you're mm -hmm. deck building your two-color deck. So you go in, you say, I want, in this case, Selesnya. And that's, you are guaranteed to get at least a bunch of good green-white cards. Absolutely. So if you just want to come in, say I'm Selesnya, build your deck, and know you are 100% Selesnya, you are good to go. Now, of course, you could play other colors, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily need to. Yep. So normal uh, Guilds of Ravica booster packs have those 15 cards in them. What about the seated booster pack? What does that have in it? Yeah, this has exactly what, what you would expect as well. It's got your promo foil rare and... Uh, 14 other cards to go along with it. Okay. So it's essentially just a booster pack, but in two colors. Yeah, you get, yep. you get the same number of cards as if you had opened just six normal booster packs, mm -hmm. but we just sort of slant that sixth one towards your chosen guild. And we should mention, uh, based on your local store and where you're at, this is kind of like while supplies last. So we can't, right. we can't guarantee, some stores may not be doing a choice of guild, it's not a requirement. Uh, in some places, everyone might rush in to be, to be Demir because they're smart. Um, so the people <laughs> who show up later in the day aren't necessarily guaranteed choice of guild, but if you, like, pre-register, you know, things like that, you, you should hopefully be good to go. I can remember so. previous Ravnica pre-releases uh, where uh, we came in and you said what you wanted the uh, your guild to be, and then once you were out, you were out. If you were at the end of that line, there just weren't any more is it left or anything right. like that. I mean, yeah. that seems unlikely because is it? But yeah, sure, I mean, we're fighting now, Matt. <laughs> the, we are fighting now. No, Matt. I'm saying is it's very popular. Uh, it's yes. going to go. Mm -hmm. um, yes. What was the question? I was focused on Gavin and his. Uh, no toys question, over here. but I do want to point. Great. out... Great. This is good. Yes. I like this interview format where we don't ask each other questions. <laughs> I want to point out there are two things. Uh, every sealed Gavin. pack, uh, every guild pack, comes with a locket. <laughs> A lot. And What's, a now, is that, is that a are, piece of jewelry? What is, is a lot? not. We're going okay. to try and get it closer with the materials in here. Gavin, could you just rotate the, uh, the the card 90 degrees that way? What is wrong with you? This the, the, the things that are on the table, rotate them. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. As, as the camera yeah. is telling me to. Exactly. exactly. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps as a Magic player, you are familiar with the action of turning <laughs> something 90 degrees. Pod Podcast listeners, you don't, you don't know what we're talking no idea about. What's going we're even here. So uh, this is what's going to be in your pre-release kit. You've got your five Guilds of Ravnica boosters. You've got your seated pack, your spin-down life counter, uh, a cool little divider with your guild symbol, a nice little welcome letter. Yeah, uh, the welcome theme. letters are great. I They're really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're really cool. And uh, a special token that actually has a code for... Uh, I believe, a sealed event on Magic the Gathering Arena. Yeah, so MTG Arena open beta started today. If you participate in a pre-release event this weekend, you'll get a code uh, that you can use for a uh, sealed event on MTG Arena, which is actually how we're going to show you sealed in a little bit. Uh, but make sure that you hold on to that code afterwards. And MTG Arena is open. Doesn't matter if you were in the closed beta, you can get in it now. Go ahead and download it, it's ready for you. Yeah, as we're speaking, Magic the Gathering Arena has been in open beta for like an hour, right? Yeah. Like yeah. not very long. So podcast listeners, my apologies. I'm gonna take a moment to have a visual reaction for Magic Arena open beta. <laughs> that, that was amazing. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That so actually, yeah, we're all super excited about that. So. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing to pay attention to is that token. Uh, that That is yep. not just a token that has a code on the back. We're not gonna show you because it's a redeemable is a code. unique Literally. one of code. Yeah. Right, right. Like any one of you could enter five Q four dash one seven L 
It's an L, right? This an is L? this is this is why this we is bring not, bad places. Yeah, this is not a real code, by the way. <laughs> anyway, the, the other cool thing I want to note too is once again, if it's your first pre-release, on the back side of this guild letter, each guild has a personalized one, which is pretty yep. cool. There's also tips for building your first sealed deck. Mm -hmm. So if you are kind of new to this and really want to know what's going on, and you show up, you can. Look at this. Also, I recommend just a little self-plug. My pre-release primer yep. on dailymtg.com is a great place to kind of learn the basics of how to build a sealed deck, looking at things like a mana curve yep. and what colors to stick to. Or just stay tuned today, and Gavin's going to do exactly that in a little bit. We're going to do it live. It's going to yep. be great. Do uh, it live. So we have, uh, the, in, every, in every new booster set, there are new mechanics, right? Uh, or returning mechanics. What kind of new or returning mechanics do we have in Guilds of Ravnica. Well, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> co-host Steve. Oh, well, thank you, Matt Tabak. Uh, did yes, you know, Matt Tabak. Did you know, in fact, if you go to dailymtg.com, once you're done reading um, whatever his name was, uh, that pre-release primer, you can check out the mechanics article written by... Hi, Gavin. Gavin, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It's a good shirt. I like that. Uh, so we've got mechanics article with all the new mechanics. So... Back to Ravnica, there are five guilds. Each guild has kind of a signature mechanic and a signature play style uh, that they're talking about. So do you want to do a rundown of the actual mechanics? Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's, All right. uh, let's do, do a rundown. Mechanic. Which, uh, which is your favorite guild? Where do you want to start? Uh, because because they contain blue, I'm going to go with Demir. Solid for, choice. For, for I Blake's, approve. Blake's sake, as well as my own. So I approve. The yeah. Demir, if they exist. Uh, have a new mechanic called Surveil. Mm -hmm. uh, so now Surveil is a, you'll see this on, oh, look at that, it's Demir Informant showing up that way. That, it's right over, this is cool, I love cameras. We got this. <laughs> uh, okay, so Surveil is an instruction, it's gonna tell you Surveil and then a number, so in this case, two. What that means is look at that number of cards from the top of your library, and then from those cards, you can either put any number of them back on top of your library in any order, and the ones you don't like, you can put into the graveyard. So it's a little reminiscent of Scry, mm -hmm. uh, except for, uh, as you'll f quickly find out in this set, putting stuff in your graveyard is pretty cool because the Demir have some things that, you know, reanimation spells, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the other guilds have strategies that especially like cards in the graveyard, especially mm -hmm. like the Golgari uh, and the Izzet, as we'll see in just a few minutes. So it's very cool, kind of like, get to the best cards of your deck sooner. That's what Surveil is all about. It's like, see what's coming, get to your awesome cards, win faster. And there are, if you pick Demir as your guild, there are a bunch of cards that key off of surveilling as well. It's not yeah. just the ability. There are also cards that say, when you surveil, do a thing. Right. The surveil itself does kind of improve the quality of your draws. There's definitely a lot of triggered abilities, like you said. Mm -hmm. Whenever you surveil, you get a bonus. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Disinformation Campaign, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very cool card. Um, it just lets you kind of rebuy it uh, as you surveil. Yeah. So you can definitely get a lot of incremental advantages, and just you'll know more about what's coming than your opponent will, and your draws will ha be better. And that's kind of the Demir path to victory. It's all about knowledge. Very cool. Well, speaking of knowledge, we're on the we're on the blue. Let's stick with the blue. blue. So we've Let's also got the, the good is guys. It. The is it league? The is it? The yes. is it league? So the is it league have a new? Do you want to do this one? No, go for okay. it. Take the mechanics. I, yeah. I've got special sealed time with Gavin. You're gonna later. you're gonna yeah. play. Uh, you actually get to play games. I get to sit here and talk. So well, one thing I will you quickly have more fun. say while you gave me the floor so generously <laughs> <laughs> is that as you notice as Matt is going through these, something we did very carefully when designing the set 
set was making sure that any three-color combination of the guilds, the mechanics would play well together. So for example, the surveil mechanic plays very well, as Blake alluded to, with Golgari and Izzet, which are its two neighboring guilds. Yeah. So if you play blue, red, black, your surveil cards will be awesome with Jumpstart, the Izzet mechanic. Yes, and as we'll talk about after all the guilds, this set is all about mana fixing. Oh, is it? Orzov? <laughs> so, Blake. Uncomfortable uh, silence, yes. <laughs> That's also for this podcast, listeners, for a different You reason. get, Steve, you get one. Yeah, that I, was know, it. I know, I know. That was it. I feel like I chose well. Uh, so. Is it? Their new signature mechanic is Jumpstart. Yeah. Jumpstart is found on some instance and sorceries. So, we got up there Chemister's Insight. Mm, nice. uh, so, Jumpstart is a way that you can cast the spell from your graveyard by discarding another card paying its cost mm -hmm. again. So basically it allow you, allows you to cast the spell in effect twice. Great. So I have Chemistry's Insight in my hand. I draw two cards. Yep. Later on in the game, I'm like, I need more cards. Uh, it's sitting in my graveyard, so I discard a card from my hand, and I pay the mana cost of Chemistry's Insight, including any other additional costs that might be there. Chemistry's Insight gets exiled, and I basically get a second chance to cast that spell. Now, I, is it as the... I played a pre-release internally a little bit the other day, and is it was the guild I chose, uh -huh. and I was really impressed with Jumpstart more than I thought I would be, because it's not just having a second chance to cast spell. Is it is all about casting instants and sorceries. Yes. And getting to do that twice with, you basically get to turn lands or creatures or anything into another instant or sorcery if you have one of these Jumpstarts. Yeah, it's a lot of value out of one card, yeah. um, especially like late in the game, like you said, you have extra lands in hand. Mm -hmm. There are some situations where you're going to discard another card with Jumpstart just yep. to get that, you know, so you'd be able to cast it again. Uh, that comes up a little less often, but the extra lands thing is a more common thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just low-impact cards that, mm -hmm. you know, it's turn eight, you draw your one drop, you're like, ah, this isn't going to be a, a game changer if I cast it. I don't have any other cards in my hand. I can ditch it and draw two more cards, yeah. you know, with the inside. So. so this sounds like a guild for people who like doing wacky things or like casting spells maybe a little bit more than creatures. Yeah, the Izzet has always been a little more instant and sorcery than creature mm -hmm. focused. There's definitely some cool creatures in there. But even even Izzet's creatures tend to like it when you cast instant and sorcery. So yeah. Jumpstart is all about that. Right. Yeah. If you take a card like We Dragonauts, which is a... Three mana, one three creature. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it gets plus two plus zero, oh, which is awesome because you play your jumpstart card, it gets plus two plus zero. Oh. You play another jumpstart card from your graveyard or the same one. That's what I killed Steve for. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Less, less we. I, I love we dragonauts. It was in the first round. <laughs> became large yeah. dragonauts at that point. Back again, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to one of the lesser guilds, one of the non-blue guilds, of course. Uh, <laughs> wow. wow. If Rude. you like playing non-blue guilds, that's fine. You do you. <laughs> how, uh, about, how about Golgari? Yeah, I think, that's, Golgari. I think that's okay. Good. Let's do, let's do uh, some Somewhere Golgari. Trick is just feeling the burning this in his This is the quality line. contents yeah. that you okay. <laughs> jump in for. It. An unbiased uh, source. Yeah. The Golgari. The Black, Golgari. green. Uh, mm -hmm. So they have a uh, new mechanic called, uh, what's it called? Undergrowth. Undergrowth. That the card went through a few name changes in development. I believe so I'm that. Like, Wait, what is that card again? It was Necrobloom for it was a very Necro, long yeah, time. Yeah, it was Necrobloom for a while. Um, don't, what if people think that's cooler? Then it's like, well, yeah. uh, I hope you like this one. So Undergrowth is uh, basically a family of abilities. So mm -hmm. Undergrowth abilities each do something a little bit different, but they all in some way care about the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Mm 
Okay. Like Necrotic so, Wound, for example. Like, oh my gosh, Look Necrotic Wound. So either getting more creature cards in your graveyard is going to amplify the effect. Uh, in some cases, you may get to repeat the effect. Uh, anyway, all of these undergrowth cards get better the more creature cards you have in your graveyard. Which is why it works with Surveil. Yeah, Surveil's great because it dumps creature cards directly into the graveyard if you mm -hmm. want. Uh, Golgari decks are all about trading and combat. Golgari decks are all about, you know, uh, discarding cards for some advantage, um, milling cards for some advantage. Mm -hmm. um, basically, fill your graveyard and Golgari decks shine. So, Gavin, what, what kind of players generally love Golgari decks? <laughs> what, what kind of miserable non-blue <laughs> players <laughs> like who, these Who are these things? people? I don't understand. Well, the great thing about Golgari is you get more and more powerful the later the game goes on because mm -hmm. your creatures will die off over the course of the game. So Golgari decks tend to be a little bit slower, a little bit more mid-range, trading off their creatures in the early game and reaping a benefit later on. Mm -hmm. And in a Golgari deck, often you'll choose to trade off, like your opponent attacks you with their 2-2 creature, you've got your 2-2. Trading those creatures in combat is almost always good for you because you'll get to the, neck, the um, undergrowth ability later on, which is totally awesome. That's what I call them. Undergrowth. Uh, under, undergrowth <laughs> ability later on. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. You get a little bit of self-mill in there too. And if there was a guild you would want to pair with it, perhaps one with a, a lot of creatures that reward you for having a lot of creatures on the battlefield, could you think of a guild or a a mechanic that would maybe help the, out with that, Matt? The, the gentle Selesnia. Aww. Aww. Uh, the Selesnia Conclave, the uh, white-green, very creature-focused guild, likes mm -hmm. to kind of fill the battlefield with lots and lots and lots of creatures. So we brought back a, uh, called a tried-and-true Selesnia tactic. Let's get it up on screen. It is Convoke. Yes. So Convoke lets you use your creatures to help you cast spells. Mm -hmm. So in effect, you kind of have these expensive spells like Rosemane Centaur. Not like super expensive. Five for four four is kind of average, right? Yeah. You pay five mana, you get a four four. But with Convoke, instead of paying mana, you can tap untapped creatures that you control. And when you do so, it covers either one mana of that creature's color, or if it doesn't match the color of the spell, it'll just take care of one of the generic mana in the cost. Sure. So five for four four. Kind of average, like not terrible, not great. Uh, but paying four mana and tapping a creature, maybe that's a little bit of a better deal. Now right. I'm only paying four mana. If I've got some creatures that really aren't factoring into combat very well, like some early one drops and two drops, mm -hmm. now I'm dropping a four four on turn three. So it's getting a little more impressive. Later in the game, if I've got lots of creatures, and Selesnia decks love like tokens, where maybe I don't need to leave these up to block or anything, they're not really affecting the board in any meaningful way, I can start popping out very large creatures with no mana whatsoever. Okay. So Convoke just kind of lets you get ahead of the curve as far as establishing a battlefield presence. And, and much like Undergrowth, uh, Convoke is on a lot of different types of spells. They're, they're yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to imply that it was just creatures. Uh, you will have instants with Convoke, uh, which are great because you have untapped creatures, you have all tapped lands, your opponent may not realize that you still have the ability to cast spells and react to their mm -hmm. plays. Uh, when you do some sort of like creature pump spell, I forgot what it's called. But I'm my apologies to the listeners. I'm terrible with final card names. I'm like, please put it up on the thing. Uh, you have access to combat tricks that your opponent may not realize you have access to. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gavin, what th there were some tweaks on Convoke this time. A little, some little bonuses that you added, right? 
Yeah, so there's a few interesting things in the set. There's some cards that care about what you convoke to cast it, for example. There's a white rare Loxodon that puts a plus one, plus one counter on every creature that convoked it. So mm -hmm. you're incentivized to convoke it, as one example, this time around. And as far as the gameplay goes, as Matt alluded to, you want to get those tokens out early. You want to really play sometimes your one drops and your two drops that wouldn't normally make the cut. So you could have creatures out early and play a card like Rosemane Centaur on turn four mm -hmm. or turn three even in some cases. Yeah, I was watching uh, as part of our big Magic the Gathering Arena streamers event. I'm mm -hmm. sure that thing had a name that someone came up with, but I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> there was there was one match I was I just happened to catch it while I was in the uh, kitchen. It was Loading Ready Run. Shout out to our friends at Loading Ready Run. They had they were playing a Celestia deck, and I just saw they had three lands and literally 11 creatures on the battlefield, Yes, at least six of which they would not have had access to with their three lands. Right. So Convoke was doing work in that deck yesterday. Who needs lands when you've got a best friend? Aww. No. <laughs> so Matt, speaking, <laughs> speaking of playing a lot of small creatures in your deck, one drops, two drops, now what's a guild that might want a lot of small creatures to Convoke with or maybe use another keyword with? That's my transition. Shoot, man, I don't good know what's left. Job, we did the thing and the other thing. Bo and we did Bo the... Boros. It's Boros? Bo Boros, yeah. Oh, the boring... Uh, Boros. Boros deck. The Boros deck. <laughs> Far from boring this time around. Um, so Boros deck is all about kind of martial prowess, right? Mm -hmm. Not literal prowess, but like they are masters of battle tactics. Yeah. So for the Boros, we have... It, it, it's important... Let's back up. Let's back up a Times are tense on Ravnica. They sure days. are. Yeah. As we as we visit the plane, boy plane, are they? As, as boy we, are as they we ever. Visit the plane for, in times of guilds of Ravnica. Um, the Living Guild Pact has a generous time off policy because mm -hmm. no one knows where that dude is. Uh, He's guilds, shirtless on a beach somewhere, just yeah, hanging out. Who even knows, right? Um, it's got the abs for it though. He does. Um, tensions are high. Mm -hmm. The guilds are kind of eyeing each other warily. Like, people know something big's coming. They I love know. how this is the only guild that got a story. Yeah, this is <laughs> they don't this know is like why. a really big lead-up. But they, but they know that they need to prepare. Mm -hmm. So the Boros, they're militaristic, and they're all about this. And they're like, you know what? We have no weak links. All of our soldiers, ready to go. This is embodied in their new mechanic called Mentor. Good job. That was great. Well done. That was awesome. Goblin Banneret. All that rehearsing paid off. All right, so <laughs> I don't rehearse anything. Uh, except for the hug. The hug was well rehearsed. Doing it live. <laughs> We're not live, though, right? We, we are live. We, we are live. And the fans want to hear about Mentor and uh, what so it does. Mentor. When you attack with a creature with Mentor, yep. uh, target attacking creature with lesser power, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Okay. So Goblin uh, Banneret is a 1-1, one, one, a fine example for something that wants lesser power. does have the kind of fire-breathing ability. So let's say... Uh, Banneret's kind of the most confusing example, so I'm glad we went there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's We're say here to learn. We're, it's, I it's, pump it's it. A learning session. So let's teaching say session. Let's say I've got two goblin bannerets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lucky now you. it's it's before combat. I'm gonna want one of those to be bigger than the other one before I attack. So I'm gonna activate the ability of one of them. So now I have a three-one and a one-one. I swing with both. All right. So the mentor ability of the one-one, there's no creature with lesser power, doesn't do a thing. The mentor creature of the three, the mentor ability of the three one says mm. target attacking creature with lesser power. That's my friend Banneret B. I'm gonna put a plus one plus one counter on it. So now you check its power. Three is greater than one. Now that one one becomes a two two. Mm -hmm. So it's basically ticking up your lesser creatures until they become fearsome forces that your opponent must reckon with. 
And these two, and if you, in that scenario, Goblin Banner at A, Goblin Banner at B, the next turn, if you're still able to attack, that 2 2 could then in turn mentor the mentor 1 1. The if one you choose one. not to activate the ability, yep. right? So now you've got a 2 2 and you've got a 1 1. You can pump the 1 1 to 3 1 mm -hmm. to mentor the 2 2 again. Maybe that's the better play. Or maybe you want to leave things as they are and have the 2 2 mentor the 1 1 and save your mana and see how blocks go out. Yeah, so mentors, many choices. Mentors so many fairly, choices, yeah. Mentor is fairly deep as far as battle strategy, right? Because mm -hmm. who you attack with, when you attack, based on like the changing defenses that may be in front of you, uh, there's some cool mentor things that can happen, especially when you start attacking with lots of creatures. So you've got like a five-power creature and a four-power creature and a three-power creature, and then they all have mentor and they all swing. Now I can put counters on various things, mm -hmm in various ways. See my video. I made a video. He did make a video. I did make a video. Yes. <laughs> yep, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, if you just, uh, you can just Google, or you can just look up on YouTube, uh, Guilds of Ravnica Mentor. You'll probably Guilds, find yeah, it. Yeah, they're called Spotlight Videos. Where spotlight we, Videos, yes. So for this one, I went a little more um, in with the guilds, right? Yeah. I, I kind of did them in character, so you can you can learn all about. Yep. You can also, if you go to the Magic: The Gathering YouTube page, they're all under uh, the playlist Guilds of Ravnica, and also how to play Magic. And hey, follow me on Twitter. Follow my SoundCloud. Um, I've, uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, moving on. So that's those are all the mechanics that yeah. players should expect. So if any one of those sounded great to you, that's the guild you should pick this weekend. Absolutely. Um, but there really are no wrong choices. There are you know, no, I want well, to emphasize. There are three wrong choices. According to Blake, three wrong <laughs> choices. There's only one wrong choice, and that's not going. Wow, well that done. That was good. That Thanks, was Matt. really good. We're going to Matt on the show it's more excellent. often. Yeah, the, we really do. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it, it kind of comes out to, if, like, if you've never played... Ravnica before, or like even if you've never like played Magic before, this is your first time out. Just kind of think about what kind of strategy you like. Are you aggressive? Are you defensive? Do you want to play long games? Do you want to get it over quickly? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to be more aggressive, I would recommend either Boros or Selesnya are both great choices for that, right? And if you want to play a longer game, Golgari and Demir are both pretty good for that. And then is it just kind of somewhere in the middle with some mm -hmm. aggressive strategies and some longer game strategies? So you can kind of straddle the line there. That was me being aggressive. Yeah. Now, Gavin, it, so we've talked about what you'll get if you show up at a pre-release. Yeah. And we'll talk and we've talked about the mechanics and everything. So I hope people are excited. But it's also when it's your first tournament, it's you're nervous, you don't really know what to expect. It's sometimes uh, stressful walking into a new store. Tell people what they should expect when they're walking into a pre-release. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, what I really want to stress is a pre-release is a pretty um, low barrier entry event. Like a lot of people are, are really just there to relax, have fun, see the new cards, and help each other out. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't sure what's going on at any point or need some deck building help, you're actually allowed while building your deck to ask people around you for assistance. Mm -hmm. that, that's okay at a pre-release. Not even allowed, encouraged. Right. Yeah. You should do this. We, everyone at a pre-release wants you to have a fun time. So you know, take what, do what it takes to have that fun time. Yep. Um, as far as what you should bring along and expect, so you're gonna play four rounds generally. Sometimes you'll have less, sometimes you'll have more, but a round consists of a best two out of three game with the sealed deck that you build. Um, and you'll do this four times over the course of the event, and then there'll probably be some prizes at the end based on how you do. When you're building your deck, you're gonna wanna stick to about 17 or so lands and 23 or so spells with 15, at least 15 creatures, I would say. Mm -hmm. Other things to bring to the store with you are you're going to want some way to keep track of life, although this handy little spin down life counter does a pretty good job of that. 
Sometimes the rounds will go quick if you're playing, say, Boros. Sometimes they'll go long if you're playing, say, Demir. So maybe a snack, something, a water bottle, something mm -hmm. to eat or drink while you're there. And other than that, just you know, bring your binder, anything you want to potentially trade or show off, a deck, and have a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. one important thing to remember is at a pre-release, uh, unlike most other sealed deck tournaments, if you change your mind about the kind of deck you want to play, yep. or like you're off by a card or two, you're like, oh, I should have played this one card I left in my sideboard, it's really good. After every game, you can change your deck in any way you want. Mm -hmm. And even in between matches, like the deck you bring to round two does not have to be the same deck you built to round one. So your deck can kind of evolve over the course of the tournament as you learn what cards are good, what cards aren't so yeah. good. And maybe your friends tell you, hey, this card's great, you should put it in. Or this card's kind of not so good in your deck, you should take it out. Yeah. You can just totally do that. Now, remember, this is kind of a pre-release only thing. Please do not show up to a you know competitive sealed deck tournament and try this. Yeah, because they won't allow it. Yeah, the emphasis is really on just people playing and having fun. Uh, there are rules, but it's mostly just hey, do this instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, everyone's just there to kind of see the new set. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be likely a tournament structure. Like every, you're going to be told who to play each round. Mm -hmm. There's going to be pairings. At the end, there may be prizes for people who do better. But the prizes generally aren't super significant. Like. Yeah, winning will be better, but losing will be good too. Yeah, most and of them I've been to have the prize have been pretty. Yeah, pretty flat. pretty flat. The, real, the real prizes are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, it's true. Everybody knows that. Like Matt. That's count it. Number two. Count it. What? Uh, two hugs. Two. This is two, two hugs. They call me two hugs. That's why two hugs. That's why they call Gavin two hugs. Very that's, that's what it so is. To be that's... clear, I was not allowed one piece of profanity. But this guy can just hug me whenever he wants. Yeah, yeah. That, that's reasonable. Love it. Moving on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and one thing I just want to say, too, about a pre-release is it's totally even footing because most people are seeing the cards for the first time. Mm -hmm. So it's really awesome to, to experiment. Yeah, try things out. Switch your decks up between games. Sw even switch guilds or add a color if you want to. You can learn a lot by playing this way. Yeah. I remember my first pre-release. I walked in and got to meet a bunch of new friends and really talk to people and get my foothold in the Magic community. And I hope that you out there get the chance to do the same. I don't remember my first pre-release because I'm old, but I'm still here, so I assume I had a good time. <laughs> I don't remember my first pre-release, but my most memorable pre-release is actually uh, during original Ravnica, when the Izzet came out then. I remember trading for all the Niv-Mizzets I wanted and a playset of Steam Vents at the pre-release. Wow. Nice. So I could build my Izzet deck that day. I was so excited about building... It was a Niv Mizzet, Mizzet uh, Mind Moil uh, Tron deck. Or any, oh, yeah. any, none of those were words. Those, some, <laughs> to, to a lot of people, those are not words. But yeah, it was it was a blast. And I just remember I set out to trade for all these cards, got them at the pre-release, and I was thrilled about it. Such a Blake story. I love it. Like in, in the best way. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was not my first pre-release, but I do remember the Tempest pre-release. Oh, wow. That I ran. That wasn't your first pre-release? No. Jesus. But I do remember that was when I, I ran it in Las Vegas, Nevada. So before I worked for Wizards, I was more a judge and tournament organizer than I was a player. I mean, I played casually, but for yep. tournaments, I, I usually judged. I remember judging this tournament. 106 players. We ran it as one big tournament because we didn't know how to do things back then. And we didn't have a computer, so we ran it all on note cards. Oh, wow. I kept it, I kept, and every round, I had to go around and be like, table one, Bob versus John. Table two, Kevin versus table Amy. Table 48. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That okay. takes dedication. But we don't got, do it that way anymore. No, no. no. We're much better at running tournaments these days. <laughs> but I got to hear my own voice a lot, and I really like that. That's true, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. But we're going to take at least his 
face off camera for a little for bit. Just a, for just a moment. For just, well, for a while, well. actually. <laughs> now, so Gavin's going to put uh, all this stuff we've been talking into action. We actually have a sealed uh, lined up on Magic the Gathering Arena which is available now, right. if you want to try it out. So to be clear, this is not the exact same experience you'll get nope. pre-release because there is no seated pack in the uh, Magic the Gathering Arena sealed event. It is right. a traditional sealed, just six packs of Guilds of Ravnica, so no seated packs. But all of the deck building and uh, the curse stuff and the amount of car or amount of lands and all that stuff, that's all the same. Yeah, principle is totally the same. So yeah. let's, uh, let's kick it over to this... Uh, laptop we have here. All right, now with we, can, Gathering Arena. we can stick around and heckle him. Is that correct? We're absolutely going to stick around and heckle him. While, while Gavin opens up these uh, All right. these boosters, let's check this you, out. You're going to hit the open button? Yeah, let's here do it. Here we go. Time to All open right. some booster packs. This is going to be very exciting Boom. for people listening on audio. Oh, wait, can the people hear this? And we did it. Oh, wow. We did it. Look at that. Wow. Niv Mizzet. Niv Mizzet and, uh, and a Dream Eater. A Dream Eater. Dream Eater. And, uh, oh, this is cool. It shows up. Okay, it shows up your rares, your rares yeah, first. first yeah. And then you get to Just, go into the pool. Because, you know, that's what you really care about, right? Yeah, the rares. I mean, we, do, so, we do have some solid this white is, cards. This is great as well. Yeah. Nice oh, yeah. Card. Split yeah. cards are back. And Arena does a really cool job displaying those. Yeah, and now Matt, how do these work? Just so we can run the listeners through it. So a split card is basically kind of two cards in one. So we hear, here we have Assure and Assemble. Basically, when you cast it, you choose which half you're doing. And all the split cards in Guilds of Ravnica have a traditional multicolor half on the right. And on the left, they have a hybrid half. Now, we've got, uh, it shows us our rares here first, because rares are sweet. Rares are exciting. Uh, often a lot of people will look at their rares first. So don't blame anyone for doing that. I will say, of course, don't always be fooled by a strong rare. For example, we've got Nimizit here. I'm very tempted to build an Izzet deck. Mm, but be. if the rest of our Izzet cards aren't that strong, don't let one single awesome rare <laughs> pull you in. But uh, We have three single awesome rares yeah. in Izzet, I should say. Yeah, we've got Niv-Mizzet, we've got Dream Eater, which is an excellent, even though technically Demir plays pretty nice in any kind of blue deck. We've got Experimental Frenzy, which is certainly experimental. <laughs> uh, this is maybe a card that I would not usually play in my sealed deck, but you could consider. And this is actually a great white Boros rare as well. It's a six mana five five flyer. Yeah. Any kind of big evasion is always With really mentor. excellent. With mentor. Yeah, and a, some bonus boosts. Yeah, that card that card is really powerful. It's it might even be powerful enough to convince me that we don't play is it, but we'll see. Well, let's see what we have though. We we'll looked see. at our rares. Let's get the other goodies hanging out in here. You can join the Boros Legion. Or you can fail. Alright, so. Here's what we've got in terms of white. So one thing I always like to look at are removal spells. So Luminous Bonds right here being a great example of a removal spell. We have three Luminous Bonds in our pool. Is that? Oh, no, we no, don't. No, you're looking no, below. I'm looking yeah. below. Only yeah. one, Lumi one Luminous Bond. We oh, do that would have been great. Three, three, three Dazzling Luminous Bonds. Just three Dazzling Lights. Dazzling Lights are solid. Two Wretched Blows, though, which are totally solid removal spells as well. Um, and this, this Light of the Legion kind of leading the charge there. So white not, looks Not too much white. Okay, not super deep. But I, I do want to call out uh, the Healer's Hawk here. What yeah. you're going to find, especially in the Boros colors, are a lot of kind of innocuous creatures that once you think of, like, not super impressive on their own, you know, one white for a 1-1 one, one flying lifelink, pretty good. May not make the cut in a lot of sealed decks, but once you start thinking about Mentor, that thing can get pumped up impressively. Yeah, I was actually watching Amaz's stream yesterday, and he was talking about Healer's Hawk being one of his top commons. Sure. Because not only can you mentor it, but it's also a good card to use with Convoke as well. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And that goes to show how we really built this to be used in either guild. And as you'll see in Sealed, too, quite often you will play even up to three colors because there's good mana fixing, the guild gates are back, 
and you're able to play not only two colors, but splash a third, too. Mm -hmm. So we've seen our white. Let's look at our blue. We've got three dazzling lights, but that card is usually not that exciting for sealed. Um, let's see what our other blue cards are, though. Ooh, look at all these oh blue. Boy. Guild Summit, one of my favorite cards. Maybe not for sealed. A little harder to pull off because you only have so many gates. But Watcher in the Mist is sweet. That's great. Chemister's Insight, yeah. a nice Chemistry's card draw insight, spell. Yep. And it is worth noting, every pack has a gate in it. So you're guaranteed to have six, six gates, gates from this, yep. which is fantastic. So we've got um, some surveilling. Of course, we got a little bounce spell here. I always do love a good draw spell. So this kind of will end up drawing you three total cards because you'll mm -hmm. discard one the second time around. Watcher in the Mist is a great flyer. Once again, evasion, anything that gets you through past your opponent's creatures when the board stalls out. So you can't, you can't see on the stream, but Watcher in the Mist is a 3-4 flyer. Uh, we, our little, uh, little overlay is blocking yeah. that. Oh, do we so. cover it up with the overlay? Oh, no. Uh, Dream Eater, a 4-3 here that bounces something and surveils 4 is really great. Passwell Adept is really strong, too. The card that was up in the upper left-hand corner can make any creature unblockable. Let's move on to Black. This is what we've got. We've got one Undergrowth Removal spell. This card, even if you're not Golgari, will generally still be worth playing because late in the game, it's, you know, a removal spell early on. It's a minus two or so, which is still generally totally fine. Severed Strands? Yep, Severed Strands is another way to kill off their creatures. You can sacrifice one of your own to hit one of theirs, which is exactly what Golgari wants to be doing. Mm hmm We've got a nice removal spell here in Deadly Visit and Price of Fame. Price ah, of Fame. Thanks, there we go. Excellent. Four mana, kill off a creature, surveil two. And if it happens to be a legendary creature, with their, which there is a handful of in this set, Price of Fame just offs it right away. Going into red. So here's actually a card kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it deals one damage to each opponent. So this plays well with what's going on with Is It. We've got a good removal spell here in Lava Coil. Four damage to any creature. That's can we, great. Can we go to mouse over Goblin Locksmith really quick? Oh, I, yeah. I just love that art. Great piece of artwork that, right there. That's, that's how a goblin fixes a lock right there. Ravnica has a long and storied tradition of messing with defenders and walls. So true. Mm -hmm. Ogre so Gate true. Crasher is another classic. Um, Bart? I, oh, go ahead. I, I just want to point out, uh, you said Lava Coil, a good removal spell. Fantastic in that it also denies uh, the opponent a graveyarded creature. Mm -hmm. Right, for which for undergrowth helps get that yeah. out of the picture. Yep. Barging Sergeant, a card I actually think I named. Uh, five mana, four two, haste mentor, totally solid. And there's three copies of them in here. So if, if we want to go aggressive, we've got just the just the thing for it. Ah, uh, yes, the Bargent, as it were. Oh, <laughs> so adorable. Well, once again, a nice little Hellkite Welp, I, I watched on stream yesterday, be very strong for a couple people because there are a lot of tokens in this set with one toughness, and there are, are a, a lot number of creatures of, there are with, a lot one, creatures toughness with one toughness. Yeah. And I watched one Hellkite Welp just shut off a player's entire hand. That's really impressive. Now, looking at this green, this actually looks pretty solid. We've got two Iron Shell Beetles, which is a cheap early creature you can get down that'll help you convoke and build up whatever creature you'd like. Notably, you could put the counter on something else and then just keep using the Iron Shell Beetle to convoke, which is really nice. District Guide, which mana fixes you. It's a three-mana creature that basically draws you a card, gets you a land that you want, which is fantastic. Generous Stray, which is a small creature but replaces itself and helps you convoke stuff out. We have two copies of that. Nice four-mana 4-3 four, right here. Siege Worm, which is a Selesnya staple. It's mm -hmm. been in... Uh, every set with Convoke, I think it's been in Siege War in um, original Ravnica and Magic 2015. I yeah, if, if it ain't Siege Worm, it ain't Convoke. That's for right. sure. If it ain't Siege Worm, don't fix it. Um, you might say it's the colossal Dreadmaw of Ravnica. Yeah, yeah, or at least of of the Convoke world. So this is a really great card. You can get down a five five trample on turn four or five sometimes if you draw well, and that's really important. It does feel pretty good when that happens. Yep. Now let's get into the sauce. Oh, oh boy. All that colored cards. Holy Sold. Hello, Hello, Goblin Electromancer. Sold. We've got 
an awesome split card, which is pretty nice. We've got Goblin Electromancer, Piston Fist Cyclops, which is a totally <laughs> solid card. We Dragonauts, the aforementioned yep. Wondrous Rogue love, reprint. Love me some Crackling Drake, which is an awesome blue-red card. Yeah, it gets bigger as the game goes on. Note that it counts not only instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard, but exile as well. So as you're jump-starting throughout the game, it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it replaces itself, so it's yep. pretty easy to make this huge. And another note on those, so when you're building your sealed deck, this is what you guys call one of your signposts on commons. Right, so we made, there's five of these in the set, one for each guild. Um, blue, blue, red, red in the mana cost, meaning you really have to commit to the colors to be able to play this on mm -hmm. time. So generally, if you're going to play Crackling Drake or a card like it, you really want to double down and play just those two colors and not splash a third color. Maybe you can do a very light splash, but you want to be careful because... It's hard to cast a blue, blue, red, red card in a three-color deck. But you know what's harder than casting a blue, blue, red, red card in a three-color deck? A blue, 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 red, red, red card <laughs> in a three-color deck. You're, you're right on it, Steve. Niv <laughs> Worth it. Absurdly powerful, though. This yeah. card is crazy strong. So we might end up going is it just based on what we've seen here. But let's keep on going. Swarm Guild Mage. The Guild Mages are back in Ravnica. Every guild has one, and this time is no exception. Those, those next ten Guild Mages, by the way, tough to design, but... Happy where we ended up. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to interject real quick. We are going to have time for uh, questions okay. at the end. So if people... Oh, I have many. Not, not from you. Uh, you may have answers. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so if people on Twitch chat have questions for Gavin or Matt, or I guess Steve or I, about uh, pre-release experience, feel free to put them in the chat, and we'll try to get them answered before the end of the show. Fantastic. Uh, so once again, we've got this great split card here. And... We've got a few good Selesnya cards as well. This is a 4-mana 2-1, which finds you another creature. Once again, exactly what you want in a Selesnya deck. This helps make the game go on a little longer, gains you some life, and is a 3-mana three 3-3, three, three, which is always great. 2-mana two 2-2 two, two, with Vigilance. Simple creature, but great to convoke with. Um, and then we've got our gates. Look at this great selection. It's a gate selection. It's a, it's a real gate selection. So... Given this, I think there's a few good decks here to build. I think you could definitely build a green-white Convoke deck. I think you could probably build a blue-black-red um, style control deck. But let's be real. We all just want to build this Izzet deck. We, we, we want to see Mizzet yeah. yeah. So let's, deck, let's start right? putting, putting this in. So what I'm going to start doing is just dragging over cards I think will be played. Uh, oh, hey. Yeah, it, it automatically populates, populates yeah. your lands. And, and you can change that or turn that off. But especially if it's your first event, leave it on. It'll, it'll help you. So let's just start putting in some cards here that, that I think will be pretty solid in our, in our Is It deck. So, of course, we're going to want access to our gates. Yeah, so I leave it on, but don't forget to uh, slide in those gates and other uh, non-basic lands that you might open. Now, sometimes you'll play Gateway Plaza in a two-color deck. For now, I'm not going to include it, but maybe you would, especially with mana requirements this harsh. Especially if you're playing a blue, 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 red, red, red. And a blue, blue, red, yeah, red. Yeah, Plaza's in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who am I kidding? We're getting this thing in there. I was going to say we could wait and see if we're going to splash another color or not, which is dangerous. Which as a it looks like we have, I mean, we have a I number of black guild gates. It looks like splashing a black and, card or two might be. And, some and we have a Demir Locket. And we have a Demir Locket. Right, we, so. we have two Demir guild gates. And some marquee black agree. removal. Something that, uh, uh, something that people it. might want to know for the pre-release is that uh, all the gates, I believe, have two different... Artworks. Right, right. You'll see it here. Um, They're not stacked up. You see these Golgari guild gates, one and the same, two copies. But there's two different Demir guild gates hanging yeah. out here. So. Yeah, and the cool thing what they did with the art on those was one is the front entrance that everybody knows about to the guild hall, right. and the back, and the other one represents kind of the back secret entrance that only guild the, members the know. The members about. only. The members only entrance. Back door. 
So I'm just kind of putting in cards here that I think will probably be solid in our deck. Barging Sergeant, even though it's a Boros card, totally fine with some of the low power creatures. And you'll note that as we add cards into our sealed deck, our mana curve gets jostled around here a little bit. We can even, I'll show you, we can even click in for more details. It's a pretty cool feature of Magic the Gathering Arena that will showcase how's our, how our mana curve is looking, what our percentages are for creatures versus non-creatures. So just give you a quick overview of, of your deck. Let's, uh, I guess a two mana two one is is all right. Well, especially since we have Barging okay. Sergeant, yep. which has Mentor, right? All right, well, Gavin is putting cards in there. We've got a couple questions from chat. Uh, can the seated packs contain foils aside from the promo? No. The answer, Gavin's shaking his head no, but you can't <laughs> This you is good on an audio-only <laughs> portion of <laughs> yeah. this show. We're uh, just going to do, everything's just going to be hand gestures yeah. uh, and interpretive dance. Next in fact, uh, chat, believe me, I am hugging Gavin right now. Don't believe him. Tightly and uh, lovingly. Uh, next question was... Oh, there we are. We're in the corner now. Uh, I was looking at your monitor, not up there. I was hugging him just before I said that. <laughs> what else we got, Blake? Mind. Next question from chat. How hard was it to balance surveil or to evaluate the worth of it? Well, for you know, in R&D, we kind of compared it to Scry quite often when trying to figure out how strong it was. Mm -hmm. But generally, putting cards into your graveyard is much stronger than putting cards in, on the bottom of your library. So we priced it very similar to Scry, but especially with those cards that give you a bonus for surveilling, with the ability to fill up you up your graveyard, we were pretty careful with it. Mm -hmm. um, for example, Notion Rain's a great example. This is going to draw you two cards and let you surveil two. And by surveilling, you get to find what you want. But you could occasionally say, drop a jumpstart card into your graveyard, which is kind of like drawing three cards or two and a half yeah. cards in a sense. So uh, one thing I'm noticing looking at this, we had the question of if you wanted to splash black or not. The card, the trick is, I would splash the Notion Rain right here, mm -hmm. and maybe the Artful Takedown. Artful Takedown is all right. But in black itself, the card I would most want to splash would be this Price of Fame, which is really good. Yep. Is it Deadly Visit? But the problem is Deadly Visit is black, black. And getting, yeah. getting black, black in this deck is going to be a real, real tall order. Black, yeah. black, blue, 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 red, red, red. It'll yeah, all no work problem. out. I, I, hey, you've got the... I'm tall, so tall orders are great. Do it. I'm, I order you to do it. I am tall. It is a tall order. Put it in. Please, do, please don't. I do love Dreaming Big, but I think... Given all that, we're going to stick with uh, blue-red. All right, chat, we'd like to thank you for your question. we got, uh, how does a sideboard work in Sealed? Okay, so at a pre-release, and I want, do want to stress, this is kind of a pre-release only thing. Uh, after, so you're going to suit up for game one. Game one ends. You can change your deck in any way you want, as long as whatever you play in the next game meets that 40-card minimum. So literally, if you just, like, during deck building, build two guild decks, you can just totally swap them. Demir out. Boros in, for example. Probably not, that, but maybe. That may be a thing you it could, could do. It is a thing you in can Blake's do. In Blake's case, it would be Demir out, is it in? Right. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, so you can make any changes you want. You don't have to swap one for one. You can just add cards if you like. If you're above the 40-card minimum, you can take out cards if you like. As long as you stay to that 40-card minimum, you're good to go. Uh, now, at a pre-release, this carries across to the next round also. Normally in a tournament, the deck you play round one, game one, has to match exactly the deck you play round two, game one. It is not the case at a pre-release. At a pre-release, continuous deck building. Make changes as much as you want, swap cards in, swap cards out, swap decks in, swap decks out, as long as you stay at 40 cards or above. Yeah. Uh, so, and Gavin, the, the rest you... of your, to, to be clear really quickly, sideboard, 
Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's all the cards that you don't use that are uh, in your main deck. Correct. And, you yeah. swap them in it, yep. and also, at, at a sealed deck tournament, basically you have, basically, as many basic lands as you want. So if you're like, oh, I need more mountains, you should be able to get basic lands from the tournament organizer. You don't Those you don't have to open or bring yourself, generally speaking. Yep. So, so if you decide in the middle of the tournament yep. you Gavin. want more mountains, just ask for them. Gavin, talk us through. You're 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 staring intently at this deck detail yeah. screen. What what are you thinking? What are you working on? Uh, well, yeah. So I want kind of what I want to point out here is your mana curve. Mm -hmm. It's always important to have a mana curve in limited, and especially in sealed. A lot of games are simply just won by two drop, three drop, four drop. I curved out. I was able to attack for a bunch of damage. So things that I look at are this great little part right here, and you can do this yourself. I have an explanation in my pre-release primer of how to kind of line your cards up when you're building your sealed deck to. Um, check out what their mana costs are, there's kind of two sections. There's this creature section and this non-creature section. Now, most spells, non-creatures, you're not going to play on the turn that their mana cost is. For example, Lava Coil, I'm usually not going to play on the second turn of the game. So that doesn't really count so much for drops. Um, where, looking at here, we've got five two-drops, which is pretty good. It means that often there'll be one in my opening hand. Um, three drops, once again, we've got five, so a pretty good chance of having one. Four were a little low on, and that's just a nature of how our sealed pools kind of turned out. And I was going back through a second ago to see what other options we might have, but it's possible we're just low on fours, and then we're a little high on fives. So maybe I would go back through again and see if there is a five I could pull out for a four. Um, on six, we've got these two awesome rares, though, Dream Eater and Niv-Mizzet, which will be good to close out the game. So, yeah, generally, you know, I'm going to go through one more time here to see if there's anything I missed as far as a as a five drop goes, or four drop goes, rather. Yeah. Right there. Oh, there's the Wishcoin Crab, yes. Oh, Wisconsin Crab, get in there. <laughs> get in there, Crab. Kind of the basis, like the thinking behind a mana curve is you want to maximize your chances of having an optimal play at every turn of the game. So you don't want to draw your, you know, if you load up your deck with one and two drops, you don't want to be drawing those on turn eight when they're not very impactful. And if you load up your deck with late game stuff, you might fall so far behind in the early game that you don't have the time to catch up. And now, now, Gavin, so there's we have a number of cards in the uh, deck right now that key off of instants and sorceries. Absolutely. So Nimizit, obviously, and then uh, Electrostatic Field, mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously our Crackling Drake as well. Talk a little bit about why you're not including uh, the Dazzling Lights. Right. So I tried to get some non-creatures in here, and there's only five currently. It's possible with you know a little more refinement. And for sealed deck building at your, your store, you'll have about a half hour or so, so plenty of time to massage your deck, and I've been mm -hmm. doing this a little quickly. But you want to make sure you have enough instances and sorceries to trigger your cards that care about it, but also you want to make sure that the ones you're playing are high impact. Because let's say you have Electrostatic Field in play. Whenever you play an instant or sorcery, you deal a damage. That's awesome. It gives you an extra reason to play your instants and sorceries. But if you're playing some weaker ones to help make it work, is it really worth dealing that extra point of damage in this case? And Dazzling Lights, you can play it. It's a little on the weak side, though. Generally, I look for when you have cards that interact with Surveil to play this card, because it only really works if your creature would kill theirs in combat, and um, their creature going minus three, minus oh, would not kill yours in combat. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a little situational. You could consider playing one one in this deck, certainly. So, Gavin, let me ask you a question about this Yeah, deck absolutely. Uh, Crackling Drake was one of the cards that initially led you to lean Is It, right? Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. And Niv Mizzet. Is it worth cutting at this point, given the low number of instances and sorceries you have? P potentially, although, once again, even if it's a uh, 
a two power flyer or something like that, or even a one four on turn four, it'll grow as the game goes along and replacing itself is so great because you do get to draw that extra card and it doesn't really cost you a card to do. But yeah, I'm trying to get one more, one or two more instant or sorceries into this deck. And it sounds like what we're gonna do is probably playing one of these dazzling lights, I would guess, get one in there. It's fine, it's all right. It's not my favorite one, but it'll get the job done. And then cut, once again, you want about 20, uh, 23 non-lands and about 17 lands. So we might end up getting rid of another one of these Barging Sergeants. You don't want too much on the higher end, especially if you know we've got three five drops and two six drops. So if you play a five drop on turn five, you're not really gonna wanna play another one on turn six if you have one of these six drops in your hand. Now I did notice that right now your deck does not include the Deadly Visit when I so clearly ordered you to put it in. Could you explain your betrayal? Well, Matt, my betrayal to you is simply that I want to draw the lands that I need. And okay. I, you know, I don't dream quite as big as you sometimes. There was because there was a hug earlier. Let's, let me let's take an actual question listen, from like chat. Question. Yeah. question from chat. Hit yeah. Us uh, on the topic of surveil, why were so many cards specific to working off of something surveilling instead of cards going into the graveyard from the library? So there is one card in the set that works from cards going from your library to the graveyard, which is Narcomoeba, which mm -hmm. is a reprint. But a lot of the other cards in the set that are meant to work with the Demir mechanic specifically say when you surveil. Yeah, and we, we wanted, so there's times to make that synergy happen. For example, mm -hmm. Golgari and Demir, we've tried to build in synergy with Undergrowth there. But there's also times where we really want to focus and let you build that two-color deck that really focuses on cards from those decks. Mm -hmm. And we did this for a couple of reasons. One, we really wanted to make sure that Surveil had different stuff going on than Scry, and mm -hmm. only working with Surveil was important to us. But also, we wanted to give a Demir deck an identity. So when you build a Demir deck and you're putting these cards in, it, you're, not, you're not tempted to put in some, some uh, Golgari cards that care about milling yourself. You deeply, deeply want, hey, I want these surveilling things working together. That's right, because there are a couple Golgari cards that just mill, yeah. that don't surveil, but they put cards from your library into your graveyard. Absolutely. And, and the also, surveil look, triggers wouldn't count that. Yep. Yeah. Look at the history of Magic, too. It's a lot easier to mill yourself repeatedly over and over and over again and potentially make some cards like Thoughtbound Phantasm or Whispering Snitch a little out of hand if you're yep. not careful. Yep, absolutely. So here's a, you know, I, I can't say for sure this would be my 100% final deck, but for now I think this is something that I would be happy submitting and playing some games with. You've got a reasonable mana curve, you've got some two drops, you've got some, plenty of spells to, to cast around. Um, you've got some removal spells, certainly, Lava Coil and uh, sun disappear Unexplained Disappearance, allowing you to bounce things. You've got some great evasion, Leapfrog, gains in flying when you cast an instant or sorcery, We Dragonauts flies, Crackling Drake watching the mist both fly. And then you've just got you some... Visit flies? Yeah, I was going to say, you have some super powerful rares here at the, at the bottom end. Big time finishers to slam the door. Yeah, Dream Eater and Niv-Mizzet will just close this thing down. And Niv-Mizzet, keep in mind, it triggers whenever anyone casts an instant or sorcery. Not just Not you. just yourself. Yeah. So you don't need a ton to make it strong. And I think I'd be pretty happy with this and looking at our mana curve. Our, our twos are a little bit high, but that's okay. We have five two-drop creatures. That sounds great. And... This is something I'd be totally satisfied playing with. Now, maybe, once again, if we did this process over, you could have built a totally reasonable green-white deck, or maybe built a blue-black-red deck. There's all kinds of options, and as you're building your sealed deck at your pre-release, you can both try some things out and rebuild between rounds and make sure that every time you play, you get to feel something new with the set. You know, I look forward to losing to Blake uh, when he plays decks like this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All so, right. yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Now, the next thing we do is hit that Done button and get into a game. Absolutely, which we're not going to do on stream, but uh, <laughs> I might do it afterwards. It's my account. So, 
<laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We don't have any more questions from chat right now. Is that really? Yeah. No, that's they, it. They there know goes, everything. There goes my phone. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for joining us. Your Guilds of Ravnica pre-release is this weekend at your local game store. Uh, it's on the Magic Clearing Arena open beta right now. So you can go download that. And jump this weekend. Uh, thank you, Matt. Well, thank you, Gavin, for joining us. Matt was also here. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> it's our of pleasure, Balake, anytime. <laughs> and, and one thing worth noting is if you have any further questions, if yep. you didn't post in the Twitch chat, you're watching this some, somewhere else on your phone, maybe, you're welcome to send me a tweet, too, at Gavin Verhey. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. And I know Tayback is at Tayback Rules. Yes, and Gavin will be happy to answer all of my tweets as well. Uh, <laughs> just hit us up anytime. We're available 24-7. I know he doesn't sleep. Uh, I'm taking a nap after this. But, uh, yeah, we're happy to help. We love talking to people. So, yeah. uh, After this, the stream is going straight to Kenji Higashira, who's going to be streaming, I would guess... Magic the Gathering Arena. Some Guilds of Ravnica Probably. sealed. We'll see. It's up to him. <laughs> but he's happening right after this. Next week, Weekly MTG will be back to talk about TwitchCon plans. Ooh, for, uh, Wizards of the Coast, for Wizards of the Coast. For we're doing, Magic we're doing and TwitchCon? Dungeons and Dreams. We are doing TwitchCon. Yeah, I'm in. Twitch Let's yeah, do this. We're going to do some TwitchCon. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy Guilds of Ravnica, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Aww. <laughs>